Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis a Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I am Anthony. I'm Julia. And I am Matt. Matt's back. Matt's here. I'm so excited. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm going to do my best to uh, fill Tom's shoes, but I don't want to be super shallow or pedantic, so (laughs) uh, I'll do the best I can. You be you, Matt. <laughs> you, you be you. It'll only improve the show. <laughs> love you. Love you, Tom. Yeah, love you, Tom. <laughs> Julia, we were trying to figure out before you hopped on, Mike, what was the last time Matt was on? It's been like over a year at this point, right? Uh, surely. I don't think the wedding had happened, right? Uh, gosh, you know, I don't know if it had or not, because I we think it was Fresh Prince, but I don't remember mm. when that was. So it may have been right after I got married. I don't know. It's kind of somewhere in that range, though. It either hadn't happened or it had just happened and you had like a really great story from the reception. <laughs> Could be possible. It, okay. All right. I'll t- I don't remember. I'll, hey, I'll tell you what. The whole last year of, of being married has been like an absolute blur. So it's like, sure, it's possible. It could have been before. It could have been after. Who knows at this point? It's been too long. That's it's for been sure. too long. Yes, and Matt, I love to hear it's been a blur. I was actually just mm-hmm. talking to a coworker who got married to her longtime boyfriend about a year ago, and I was like, "How's marriage life treating you?" And she's like, "He's always there." I was like, "Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's marriage." A that's... year later, she said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a little questionable. Yeah, it's still definitely still honeymoon phase for us. So I can't I can't complain. No complaints here. Uh, that's yeah. always good. Mm-hmm. That's always good. And what's new in life besides being married? Honestly, not much. I mean, it's it's been kind of just cruising into that marriage life and status quo and works good life's good i can't really complain and i love that you must be excited because it's just about the burr months when this this is our last august episode wow it's it's hard to believe i'm i'm so excited i was telling anthony off mic julia kind of popped in uh right as we were talking and i told anthony that in a couple weeks my wife and i are going on vacation so she was like do you care if i put out start putting out our Halloween and fall decor. I was like, go for it. I was like, you're never going to get a complaint from me that it's too early to do so. So we're already, we've got some pumpkins up downstairs. We've got some lights up and stuff. So we're slowly inching into it. So I'm definitely getting excited. I love it. That's awesome. That's definitely a winner. But my plan is also to decorate this weekend or at least start. There you go. 
have you have you had your first pumpkin spice latte yet? I know I kind of ribbed you last week in our uh, um, Discord, and then I found out you were sick, and I felt bad for it. <laughs> but have... I have not, Matt. And P- I've, I'm back to work, but like my throat is still a little like people could still hear the sickness a little bit in my throat, and I'm like I don't want to get it. And it to be like a little off. I'm going to be a hundred percent better. So at this point, I'm going to wait for a Starbucks <laughs> next week. There you I go. I, I don't blame you. The, their coffee's better anyways. Exactly. <laughs> this is how we know Tom is not with us tonight. Cause it's like, <laughs> is Starbucks better than anything? He'd be like, you, <laughs> drink, you drink that swill. I have my <laughs> own. Exactly what he would espresso say. Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, what have you been up to this past week? Um, not too much. Kids are in school. House is quiet again. And I take that as open season on getting a whole bunch more during my work day than I was during the summer. So <laughs> not much. Just like literally dying in the heat. It is really something right now. Like kid pickup, it felt like 127 degrees yesterday when I picked Jude up at 330. Wow. I'm like, I'm... That's not that's not even living, that's surviving. In that yeah, heat. I'm not built for that heat. I don't know who is, but it definitely I can't help it. And it's this is sad, but like every time I see those figures or step out in the heat and I feel it like this, all I can think of is interstellar or <laughs> insert post apocalyptic post apocalyptic movie here. And I'm like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't last. I, I feel like this uh, summer has been very post-apocalyptic with the Canadian wildfires and Maui yeah. and, you know, the whole East Coast covered in, and Midwest covered in smoke and orange skies. I'm like, this is our new normal, guys. I guess we better get used to it. Yeah, Cal- <laughs> California getting hurricanes. Yeah. Like, th- this is it. Like, it's <laughs> all, all possible scenarios. Mm-hmm at any moment is we, full go we have been al gore tried warning us 30 years ago and he, now it's here and it's yeah. too late to stop he knew what he was talking about <laughs> so i ordered my first funko pop advent calendar this year oh today. that's exciting it's dc superheroes but it's like the marvel one we got last year julia where they're the gingerbread cookies and the christmas they're all Christmassy decked out so i'm excited for that I love that. And I also ordered my 13-day Countdown to Halloween Funko calendar this year because they put out a new one, finally. They put one out a few years ago, and they put out a new one this year. So what's the theme? Like Horror movie characters. 13-day Countdown to Halloween. Yep. Nice. I'm I'm still holding out for them to have a Funko Pop advent calendar of Ted Lasso. I think you and I talked about oh. that earlier yeah. in the summer, Anthony, about how, like, it's perfect. There's enough characters. There's enough like scenarios of characters in different outfits and whatnot that they could have pulled that I would have been immediately would order that. So like I got the office a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. I loved it. I turned it into ornaments. I have like here in my office during Christmas, I have a, the office tree in my office. So like, I was like, please give me something like I really wanted Ted Lasso, but maybe that'll be something we get in the future. Did you get the Ted Lasso Hallmark ornament this year? I did not. No. What is I, it? Is it Ted? It's or? just the one it's of a, him. It, it's the one of him holding a soccer ball and it talks and it's mm. perfect. 
So I got that. But yeah, I'm surprised we haven't gotten Ted Lasso or like even something like Parks and Rec or something mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. since they did The Office. That's the one they, I would really like. They do the same Harry Potter one every year. They just redress it differently. Yeah. And not well. No, I've been not disappointed. Well. Speaking of disappointment, at least on Julia's part, tonight <laughs> we are covering <laughs> the hit NBC American sitcom Superstore, which aired from November 30th, 2015 to March 25th, 2021. For those who don't know, Superstore is about an oddball family of employees at supersized megastore Cloud9, the attack of the day-to-day grind of rabid bargain hunters, riot-causing sales, and nap-worthy training sessions. So, histories with Superstore, and we'll let our guests go first, Matt. Sure. So for me, this was one that was kind of on the periphery when it came out, but it was just like, eh, whatever. I'm not going to watch it. Not going to watch it. And then last summer, my wife and I were trying to find like, what's like a good show to throw on a few episodes before bed? You know, we'll watch our serious dramas or whatever, but we need something, you know, you need that little come down before bed. And so for whatever reason, we picked up on this and we just like blew through it. I loved it. She loved it. Uh, I related to it a bit because I worked in retail for a while. And so it was very relatable in that sense. Um, It kind of gives you like the office feels, but not that like interview talking head type thing, but just, you know, your standard workplace comedy. So it's one that, like I said, we blew through it. I loved it. Uh, I've occasionally gone back and forth, um, watched a few episodes again here and there. I did one on my podcast for Black Friday, which is a fun episode too. So that's a fantastic episode. It's very good. It's very good. So I, it's just, it's, it's a fun show. It's, it's one you don't really have to think about. You can knock out a few episodes uh, here or there. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's one that I, after watching these, I'm like, mm, maybe I'm going to start it from the beginning again. <laughs> Julia. Um, so my exposure prior to today for the podcast was that this came on right before something else we used to DVR on NBC, right? It's an NBC show. It's NBC. Yep. And so I can't tell you what that is, but I know that we would get like a couple minutes worth of the end of every episode and it would lead into the one that we were watching when we used to actually watch the stuff we DVR, which we no longer do. Um, So I had like an awareness about it, but we definitely never sat down and watched episodes of it. I remember if we had seen clips of it, it wasn't really that funny to me, but I figured I was just missing something, right? Not having a familiarity with the show. So I watched the episodes for the podcast tonight, and I think it's just not a fit for me. I don't know if it's that it's a hard show to come into, you know, in the middle, because there are definitely shows that are like that. Um, or if it's just not a match for me, though, I do appreciate a show set in the retail space like this because Marty has a very long retail history, um, prior to where he is now. I mean, I worked in retail a little bit and it's, you don't see shows like that. Like I can't think of any other shows that exist in the real retail space like this. So I do appreciate that. 
I thought we were escaping Tom tonight, but his shadow looms large over this podcast. <laughs> do you want me to do a Tom version of what I just said? <laughs> I, I do not. We'll take the nice that. Julia. Uh, <laughs> the positive Julia, even when she's being negative. Um, <laughs> so for me, I didn't watch the show until after it finished airing in 2021. I always remember it being on but i always kind of remember it being like one of those parks and rec brooklyn 99 type shows that was very critically well received but always kind of on the bubble because it wasn't getting a lot of uh live audience um so that's what i remember about the show so i never wanted to get invested afraid it was going to be canceled so i only just binged it this past year and like you matt i kind of just flew right through it some of it was relatable to me from my time in retail um and I just love the characters. I mean, they're all, their characters, again, you'll find like in The Office or any of those shows, right? They all have the tropes, the really, uh, you know, the Dwight-esque character, the goofy manager, you know, the beleaguered, smart employee who shouldn't be there, but is, you know. But they're all, those are all comforting tropes to me. And uh, yeah, the, like Julia said, you don't see a lot of shows set in a retail space like this. And this one, um, I mean, I'm sure it's a trick of the camera, right? But it seems like they really did build out a big box store. Like, it's a big box store, like, with all everything you'd expect in a retail space. Like, you know, a credit union, a Photoshop, <laughs> like, t- little uh, cafe area, tons of it. So I like that. I like the production they put into it. I have, like, that Cloud9 as a store. That's the name of the store. Listeners, uh kind of left the show and now it exists in other shows it exists in the good place it exists in the mindy project it's been on a bunch of shows since then so i appreciate that and uh yeah i kind of alluded to it a few seconds ago but this show was very well critically received season one only has a 66 percent around tomatoes but seasons two through five all have 100% on Rotten tomatoes from critics while season six wow. has a 94 percent and actually what i really enjoyed about the show as well in its final season was they tackled COVID head on. They didn't really have a way to tiptoe around it being in the retail space, right? And mm-hmm. uh I think that set it apart from a lot of shows that were just kind of trying to ignore it or it's just a uh you know thing mentioned in the background. Yeah so. I that that was something I wanted to bring up too. I loved that they added that in like they didn't I mean, there's so many shows that, and I get it, like people wanted to watch TV to not think about it and all of that and not think about the world and everything going on. But this show, it had to lean into that. I mean, you're about retail workers and it was such a crucial part of like society during that time, especially the early stages of uh, the pandemic. So I thought they, I'm with you, Andy. I thought they tackled it so well. And we see it a little bit in the last episode we'll talk about. But uh, when they started off that season, I was really impressed because like characters wearing masks and like they didn't shy away from any of it or shy away from this sucks. Like we have to go to work like all these other people don't have to do the sort of things that we do and we miss out on things, blah, blah, blah. So I I thought that was pretty cool. And I liked that. uh, I think it made it even more relatable for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll be curious, Julie, were you kind of surprised? Like, they were tackling COVID head on in this episode? Yeah. Yeah. So when that episode started, I was like, oh, masks. 
Okay, because I didn't pinpoint the timeline from IMDb to anything in the real world, or I would have right. realized, right? Um, but yeah, I I liked that too. It wasn't, I guess, might be a different form of escapism for people who were in retail at that time. Right. So let's run through our cast real quick. So our main cast consists of Amy Souza, at least for seasons one through five. Um, and she's the assistant manager of the store. She's our kind of straight man or one of our two straight men in quotes um, throughout the show. And she is played by American America Ferreira, who is best known. She has been in Ugly Betty. She was just in Barbie to much critical acclaim. Uh, I feel like she was in one other huge show. What was she? In? She was in the Sister of the Traveling Pants movies. Um, but if you see her, you'll recognize her. She's a pretty famous big actress nowadays, especially. Um, and I like her. There's something about her that's very charming to me. I always enjoy her performances. Are mm-hmm. we fans of her? Sure, she's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, this is kind of the first thing I've really watched a lot of her in, and I really like her in this. She's funny. And like you said, she plays the straight man really well amongst all these wacky characters. So <laughs> I, I think she she fills the role really well. Agreed. The second straight man on this show is also is her love interest. Uh, Jonah Sims, played by Ben Feldman. He's a college student who dropped out of business school and got a job here. He's from an upper, upper middle class family. Uh, he was hired in the pilot episode, so a lot of the wackiness we see in that initial first season, we see through his eyes. Um, Bed Feldman, this is probably the thing he is most well-known for. Uh, he's been in Broadway in The Graduate. He played the lead in the Hilary Duff film, The Perfect Man. But this is really what I know him for. So, And I like him. I think he's very charming as well. Yeah, he's adorable for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. I like. He was in... Um... Mad Men. Uh, he was like one of the junior sales associate type or um, whatever marketing people or whatever. I, I liked him in that. And uh, I think he was also in uh, Silicon Valley, too. He mm. does seem like he'd fit in on that show. That's a mm. show I haven't watched all the way through. I keep meaning to get to that one. It was pretty good. I it it kind of trails off near the end, but I think uh, I think a it's lot of HBO solid. shows do comedies yeah. do. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Men. That's what I need to rewatch that one too. I loved that show. Playing our, I would say our Dwight Schrute esque character is Lauren Ash as Dina Fox. She's a no nonsense assistant store manager. Uh, she's worked for Cloud Nine over ten years. She's very forthright. She has a very forthright demeanor. Uh, she has a very large collection of birds at home, which is just <laughs> random. Um, <laughs> She's Canadian. She's an alumni of Second City. Let's see. She's in Paul Blart, Mall Cop Part 2. She's in The Disaster Artist. She's in Large and the Real Girl, one of the best movies ever made. Was she? Was what IMDb says. I don't remember. It's been a hot minute since I've seen that movie, but I love that movie. She, she was. She was. She was Holly in that movie. She does a voice in She-Ra and The Princesses of Power, uh, the new Netflix remake. But yeah, she's she's funny. I like her a lot. And our one of our bus tour guides in Scotland reminded us of her, me and Sarah of her. Playing 
our store manager, the constantly positive, kind of doofy, very Mm -hmm. religious store manager is Mark McKinney. This manager's name is Glenn Sturgis. And Mark McKinney is probably best known for the kids at the hall. I'll say he's probably one of my favorites on the show. I love his awkward demeanor and his people-pleasing <laughs> attitude. He always makes me laugh, especially the way he talks in that really high voice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, after we watched this, I swear I was talking to my wife, like him all the time, be like, come on, we just need to get upstairs. <laughs> and, and she'd be like, stop with the Glenn voice, please. Because I would do it all the time. Because it's so... It's just so funny and like awkward. He's he's such a lovable character. I love he is so funny in this show. I just he's hands down my favorite character. Agreed, Matt. Agreed. And uh besides Kids in the Hall, he has been in such classics like Spice World. He was in A Night at the Roxbury. We covered him before. He had a very minor role in Unaccompanied Minors. Oh, he, he was in SNL, Third Rock from the Sun. He did a voice on Lilo and Stitch, the cartoon, the series. So he's been a few things. Um, he's on Son of a Critch, which is a hit Canadian show currently. And yeah, so I like him. He's very talented. He's very funny. Playing Mateo Fernando Aquina Liwanog, our gay illegal immigrant who's very sassy and uh moody <laughs> is nico santos he was in crazy rich asians as well um he was in guardians of the galaxy volume three. Oh, he was in also in paul blard mall cop too but this is probably his biggest role i would say um he also was in Muppets mayhem so, which I appreciate. And you guys should watch that show if you haven't seen it yet, because it was hilarious. Playing our miserable worker who doesn't want to be there. He's always sarcastic and indifferent and brightening his own day by making inappropriate uh, announcements over the PA system is Colton Dunn. He plays Garrett McNeil. Um, he was in the sketch comedy series Key and Peel. And but I would say this is his biggest role as well. And I like this character a lot. I like the representation. You don't see a lot of uh physically handicapped people on TV, so I love that. And he was a main character too. Um, it's just very funny. And for some show context, Julia, him and Dina, our Dwight-esque manager character, have an on and off again thing throughout the run of this show. I sensed that. I really like his character. He made me laugh. Playing Cheyenne Thompson, who started off the series as a pregnant high school student and finishes off as floor supervisor, um, is Nicole Sakura. Again, this is her biggest thing, but I really like her character. She's a ditzy, popular, pretty high school student, and she really comes into her own as a manager, and her arc of growth throughout is really good. So, And then I think the only other main character I want to mention is Kaliku Kawahi's Sandra, 
who uh hmm. i would say she's like the jerry from perks the direct people just kind of forget she's there people always make fun of her she's kind of a punching bag she's a meek native hawaiian she has trouble standing up for herself but yeah she's a fan favorite she has some of the best one-liners in the show like just out of nowhere and you're like what like throughout the series she just can drop something in there that you're like i've never heard a person in this world make that statement ever and she's just <laughs> she's just so out there but she's like she's a very lovable type character like like anthony said she's definitely a fan favorite because i i think in a lot of ways you can kind of relate a lot of people can relate to the fact that like sometimes you feel like nobody's listening to you or notices you and then you just have to be like completely wacky and weird to get somebody's attention yeah 100 percent. and i i really liked i mean the character is not big in any of these episodes but i liked her ongoing rivalry as one-sided as it is with carol mm-hmm. <laughs> psycho carol but yeah so that's her main cast and i think whatever we think of this show it's a very talented cast at least in my opinion they're all very funny and uh Again, their tropes are recognized from other comedy shows and definitely personalities are recognized from not just retail, but I think office life in general. Mm-hmm. So we have five Christmas episodes to cover tonight or holiday episodes to cover tonight, uh, starting with season two, episode nine, Seasonal Help, which aired for the first time on November 10th, 2016. Um one of the things about this show is because it is a retail show, sometimes the more Christmassy episodes aired before Thanksgiving and Black Friday and didn't air closer to Christmas. This episode has a few different plot lines. So Amy's husband, Adam, um, his barbecue business has failed. So because Cloud9, it's the middle of the holiday season or they're ramping up for the holiday season, is hiring seasonal help. Jonah, who is trying to be overly friendly because he is clearly in love with Amy and he wants to make it seem like he is, you know, this guy's cool. I want to be your friend, man. He want, he suggests Adam gets a job at Cloud9. And Amy is not thrilled about this, which I think, you know, a lot of married couples, no matter how happy you are, work kind of provides some space, much needed space in a marriage. She's not thrilled with the suggestion and she... <laughs> poor glenn she's like glenn you know we don't have any more openings for seasonal help right and glenn's like no sorry so she plays the whole angry like after being a loyal employee to you all these years glenn you can't make one exception for me and poor glenn is like oh well you're right amy i guess i could make it i should be an exception for you <laughs> and and it backfires and he hires her hit uh, much to her chagrin, along with a bunch of other employees. Um, there's Opal, who is older than Myrtle, which really gives the Myrtle's crotch. Oh gosh, <laughs> she had she had the best line in in the entire episode. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to that part, but <laughs> literally made me laugh, and and I completely forgotten about it. But Myrtle, my word, she is so funny. This woman and in the the episodes that she's in, because she just plays like this frail old woman, and then she just throws like these lines at you that you're like, if I heard my grandmother say that, I would faint. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I think we all 
at least definitely to local retail places here, the big box stores, there's always that one employee you'll see who's like, probably should have retired like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And that's who Myrtle is. So that's one of the plot lines. Amy's husband has come to work here. Uh, The other is to seasonal help in general. And there's a betting pool amongst the permanent employees about who's going to be the first to quit because seasonal help never lasts, Uh, which also very relatable to anyone who's worked in retail around the holidays. Seasonal help, they see how crazy it gets and they're out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Jonah, at first, he doesn't think it's right to bet on the dignity of other people's lives. Until he gets until he gets uh, a taste of winning, and then he goes all out, making this a full-on betting pool with a whiteboard and odds and everything. He goes like uh, crazy after winning three dollars. Like that's the best. <laughs> it's, he's like, you know, I shouldn't gamble because like I've had issues with it in the past. And then Garrett's like, here you go, man. You won. You won three bucks. And he's like, whoa, this feels good. Uh, let's see what we could do here. <laughs> and then our third plot line here is Cloud Nine is getting a Santa Claus for the first time, <laughs> and Glenn is holding auditions slash a competition to hire the best Santa for the store. (laughs) And that results in fantastic one-liners throughout as well from Glenn. (laughs) So, Julia, as somebody who watched this for the first time here, Mm -hmm. what didn't you... It didn't resonate with you? Was it the humor that didn't resonate? Did you not like this one specifically? Because I thought for sure this is one you might have liked. Yeah, it wasn't, it just wasn't as funny as I think I was expecting it to be. Um, Amy's husband was super annoying, which that's it's the supposed point. supposed to be, yeah. Right. Um, but it might just be like, I hadn't built up an affinity for Amy's character yet, like at all. So you're throwing me into a situation where she's annoying and he's annoying and I don't care for her enough yet to feel the pain with her having to deal with this. Um the seasonal help part was very funny to me. I could appreciate that very much. I thought that was funny. Um, the different personalities you get and then watching them fail, which is terrible. But um, that was funny. And then some of the Santa stuff was funny too. But again, I didn't have a love for Glenn yet either. Right? So I hadn't built up to that point where, because I assume he's got like some kind hearted moments in every episode preceding this one, because that's his character, right? Um, But I hadn't built that up yet. So I think honestly, it's a, it's an issue of just being dropped in the middle. Right? Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. So the whole Amy and Adam subplot as well. Amy he's overshares about her including her nickname he calls her bean and people are like is it because she farts a lot <laughs> and it's because she's so tiny and he cuddles up to her naked like a little bean or whatever the exclamation was do we see her husband a lot before this episode mm, he's like a recurring character like he's not like main or supporting he pops mm-hmm. up every now and then and we're not yeah. supposed to really like him we're supposed to be cheering for jonah because they have a chemistry right you can tell jonah likes amy Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and it's and the thing too, I believe that Amy got pregnant when she was in high school with Adam's kid, and so it's always just been like, 
well, we got together because we had a kid. So like, that's right. what you learn in the first season. So it makes it, so you, it, and again, it's like, no, you don't be with Adam, be with Jonah. So like they really built that in to make you really not like him. Plus he, I mean, he is really annoying, <laughs> especially <laughs> in this episode. So like, right. I get that from your perspective, Julia, just like you walk into this and you see this episode without any context. I think it's hard to like, really feel any sort of sympathy for amy in this situation so like i get it i understand what because this episode's not like super over the top like super christmasy or super uh like in your feels or anything and really none of them really are and so i i totally understand it like if this would have been like a full-fledged like full-on christmas episode i could see it being easier to lean into but because there's a lot like base layers to everybody i i understand why it's probably a little harder to get into yeah yeah that's totally fair i agree um especially because like amy for being the straight sensible one the straight character the sensible character at the time and this one she kind of goes a little she realizes people are making fun of her marriage or think their marriage is shaky. So to overcompensate for that, she's determined to have sex with Adam somewhere to show they are still exciting and still in love. And uh, she takes him to the photo lab to have sex, but he gets annoyed because he did. <laughs> she didn't tell him they have a large printer, which he wanted to use for her biz- his failed business. Um, he has many of these, I'm assuming. Yes, he's kind of a deadbeat. At least that's what's implied, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of her trying to convince herself her marriage is okay. Um, Well, off her trying to convince her employees, but really it's kind of like she's trying to reiterate it to herself. Right. The Santa stuff is funny, but ancillary. uh, And right from the beginning, Glenn has the perfect Santa, but he puts him through the whole audition process. <laughs> and he ends up getting the job at the end, uh, but that's ruined when Santa's like, how much am I getting paid? And Glenn is essentially like, you get paid by the millions of children's smiles. You're... <laughs> and uh, he walks out without like a word. Um, and the betting subplot kind of resolves itself where... Uh, Jonah bets on this one employee who's played by um, oh, what's the employee's name? He's in the Suicide Squad. He's in oh, oh. a lot of James Gunn's movies. Um, oh. The character's name was Isaac. He was also in um, New Girl. He played like the homeless guy. Yes. He used to live like outside their apartment or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy's always funny. I like him in, in pretty much everything he shows up in. I like him a lot too. Um but this is his debut episode, and he does return in the future as well. Um, but uh, Jonah bets on him to lose his job, and he kind of forces him out to win the bet, only to discover that this guy is broke, living with mom, has a dr- former drug problem, and he feels super bad. So, so that kind of resolves itself. I, you know, Jonah has this kind of like this Linus moment at the end. He catches up in the parking lot, gives him the $200 he won. And Isaac seems genuinely moved until he overhears Isaac calling his uncle, uh, asking how much crystal meth he can buy with that money. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially the episode, right? Our three plot lines. Mm -hmm. I do have some quotes for this one because I find this one, I really like this one. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Matt, it's not overly Christmassy, but 
there's enough there for me for retail oh and for sure. some of the music choices there's enough my gotta give a shout out christmas and hollis gets a little play here mm-hmm. <laughs> i had i had that in my notes to bring that up <laughs> so matt why don't you kick us off do you have any quotes for this episode i know you mentioned one from myrtle earlier yeah the biggest one was from was from myrtle and they've got the jonah's got the whiteboard filled out with names and you know each person picks a name and <laughs> She just stands up and this old woman named Opal, who uh, Glenn points out, she's the oldest gr- woman who's ever worked in our store. And Myrtle's mad. And she just stands up. She goes, I've got 20 on the old. <laughs> and then we also get Myrtle trying to push her off a ladder at one point later on in the episode, too, which I found very funny. But that one literally made me laugh out loud because Myrtle just went for it there. And I love it. <laughs> I liked a lot of the Glenn stuff. Again, Glenn is my favorite. He makes me laugh. So I liked his initial conversation with Tom, ironically enough, is the name of the good Santa here. <laughs> and he Tom's like, Well, I've had a lot of experience. I've closed at a number of department stores. And Glenn's like, Okay. And Tom's like, I was tra- trained by Wayne Gunderson. And you can tell Glenn has no idea what he's talking about, but like he's like getting like, oh wow, Wayne Gunderson. <laughs> and Tom's like, uh, he's a Santa Claus Chicago at Macy's, and Glenn's like getting super excited. And Glenn's like, You sound really qualified. And Tom's like, Well, ho, ho, ho. And Glenn just lights up. He's like, Is that it? Is that the laugh? And Tom's like, That's it. Yeah. Glenn's like, Oh my God. Wow. And Tom's like, So I have the job. And Glenn's like, Well, not yet, my fat friend. <laughs> and there's another one. And it reminded me of Matt Spaulding because Matt Spaulding, Santa Matt, our good friend Santa Matt, he is big on. Santa's elves not being slaves like people joke about <laughs> and that kind of comes up here because Glenn is questioning the Santas and he's like you have to be ready for anything because the questions are going to be coming hard and fast like how can you deliver presents to a billion of children in that one night Santa won and Santa won's like elves and Glenn's like elves no elves make the present by Christmas Eve their job is done <laughs> and the Santas just look so annoyed with him like if they're not getting paid enough and Glenn's like okay let's talk about the Jewish kids and <laughs> that just made me laugh <laughs> but did this one have a Linus moment kind of I was going to say yes I, I guess that moment at the end with Jonah because the end result of uh, this Isaac character calling and wanting to know how much crystal meth you could get for $200. Jonah doesn't know that that's where this is going. So I think he, he has that moment there of like, this is kind of terrible. It's, we shouldn't be betting on this. <laughs> I'm going to give to the less fortunate here. It's just unfortunate that that's what came of him having his own little Linus moment. I would agree. And I, I would also say this is definitely a Christmas episode, despite not being set at Christmas. It's all about getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. I would have liked more Christmas, though. Like a little more Christmas in in the store would have been great. 
Well, we kind of deal but with it's that. It's also a big box store, you know. I was about to say we kind of deal with that in the next episode where Glenn is putting up decorations and Dina is like, "No, no, you can't do that." Uh, certain <laughs> decorations in a big box store. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you mean, Julia. But I don't know. Again, and we talked about this at the office, like the earlier seasons, like the more subtle decor is more real but you're watching tv not to be real so i get i get both sides this felt real to me though yeah um so matt what would you give it now bear in mind because tom is out normally guest scores don't count to the average but when somebody fills in for one of the three of us they do so your numbers are gonna have an impact tonight man this is some pressure i'm gonna give this one a 6.5. Okay. Julia. I'll come in at a four. I was going to come in at an eight, which gives us an average of about a six. It's 6.167, which feels right to me. So our next episode is season three, episode seven, Christmas Eve. And Matt, why don't you walk us through this one? Sure. And just like you alluded to before, that in the beginning of this episode, we've got Glenn. He is setting up a nativity scene, but he's not admitting that it is a, a nativity scene. Uh, when Dina comes up and says, hey, no religious crap in this store. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's just a win- winter it's... barn display with a normal barn baby and African men of normal intelligence. <laughs> which Made me laugh. I, I loved that. And Dina goes on and she's like, oh, if they're just normal men of, uh, of, in- of normal intelligence. I could just do this. And so she starts kicking some of the wise men. Uh, and then she gets ready to do it with the baby Jesus. He grabs it out of her hand and he admits it is baby Jesus. And he just runs away with it. Uh, so, so that's the funny little opening. But then, well, I like I like as he runs away with it, like the those kind of tag from Dina right before we hit the opening, like little beam. She's like, "They're all dolls, Glenn." <laughs> <laughs> a, a perfect Dina, which she's like we mentioned, very Dwight, very Dwight Schrute in every way, and I love that about her character. But the episode, what I like here, when and again, like a lot of the other episodes, it's got multiple storylines. They all kind of feed into each other. And one of the storylines here is uh, they're they're kind of getting some stuff out and getting ready to decorate, which also seems weird because it's like Christmas Eve. I mean, that's the name of the episode. But uh, Mateo is like, oh, Christmas is overhyped to just like Star Wars, which some people are like, whoa, 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 whoa um and then glenn's like oh you know the season should be about reflecting on the past year and all the good things that happened and this is where we find out about all the bad things uh there was a tornado that hit the store that was in arc julia um at the beginning of the season i think and then like Jonas- i think it was the end of season i think it was kind of the cliffhanger the end yeah. of season two yeah um, and then Jonah had his apartment got destroyed. So he moved in with Garrett and they're having like a, a little tiff here. So that's their storyline is the two of them like struggling to be uh, roommates with each other. Uh, we find out that Amy and Adam, they had gotten divorced. Uh, Sandra's boy boyfriend got in a coma because <laughs> of the tornado, which he is also a hilarious character in this show. I, I was I was disappointed because he does he show up in any of these uh he anthony d- i don't think so he, he does not um yeah. but julia his name is also jerry so they 
you know, these NBC comedies yes. have a thing for losers named Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> But this turns into Amy saying, you know, it's going to be a new year, a new me. I'm going to get wild. I'm going to get a tattoo. It's going to be a whole new me. And everybody's like, yeah, okay. Like, Amy, (laughs) we know who you are. Like, that's not you. So it ends up in the episode. She catches a couple employees drinking out of a flask. She joins in. They start. There's all of a sudden it's like people are drinking (laughs) throughout the store. They're playing beer pong. And she's trying to prove that she's cool. And she's like, look, I had a wild streak when I was younger. I stole a car. And they're like, yeah, right. And she's like, fine, I'll call Adam. He'll tell us. And so she calls. A woman picks up the phone. Or he picks up, but a woman's in the background. Mm-hmm. It gets very awkward. She she knows who it is. They start searching her online. And Amy, who's a little drunk here and convinced that she has to have like a wild streak, uh, she gets convinced by Dina and Cheyenne that they should go to this woman's house and see what is actually going on with Adam. And we get a great scene, the three of them cruising down the street in the little electric scooters because they all admitted they were too drunk to drive. So <laughs> this was the, the better alternative, apparently. But I will say, I loved the house when they pulled up to it. And the Christmas yeah. decorations, like it looked fantastic. I loved it. Now, mm-hmm. in the front yard, they had blow molds. And I have to ask, are you guys blow mold people? Yeah, I am. Those are what we always had growing up. Yeah, love them. Don't have any, but I love the aesthetic of them. We've, we have two. And I'm so disappointed how they've become like vintagey and expensive like mm-hmm. old ones my dad my dad knows i've been looking for some and last year he's like oh i stopped at this yard sale that was down the street from their house and he's like they had uh this awesome like santa and he's like i was gonna get it for you but they they were asking at a yard sale 80 dollars, and oh, i wow. was like no way <laughs> like he's <laughs> like i could go back and get it i was like no i'm not paying 80 dollars for a blow mold we ended up finding one at walmart that's actually was kind of cool a santa one but i always i I'm a big fan of those. So I was happy to see those in some of the yard or in uh, this woman's yard. And that snowman one, I feel appears in this episode. That appear- That's one of the more famous, one, easy ones to get. Like that one appears mm-hmm. in a lot. We had mm-hmm. that one growing up. Mm-hmm. Just for context for our listeners, the woman in question is actually a fellow mom at Amy's kid's school, which makes it worse in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny too, like they get there, they see the house and immediately Amy's like, "Uh oh, this is a bad idea. We shouldn't be here. She wants to drive away, but of course she gets caught. And when they're inside, Dita's like, what? she's like, this coffee sucks. It tastes like piss. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, can you top this off a little bit? And so, of course, you know, Amy, she's trying to explain the entire situation. Adam still doesn't understand why she's there. And then he reveals to her that he's dating this new woman. And obviously it's impacted Amy. They ended up leaving. And when they leave, Amy steals a blow mold Santa off the lawn and they drive off (laughs) going back to the store. Um, (laughs) And so the other storyline is we keep getting these blow ups between Jonah and Garrett and them living together and then there's a moment where 
for some reason, a man and his son have driven very far to the store uh, to <laughs> see Santa Claus, who's not there. So they're like, look, you two need to do this. So Garrett's dressed up as Santa. Jonah's dressed up as an elf. They're arguing back and forth and fighting this whole time. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to have any sort of resolution. Um, but eventually we get a little resolution as Jonah kind of has. Uh, so this character of Kelly, who's an employee there, is uh, her and Jonah kind of date off and on. I think this mm-hmm. is kind of like the start of their relationship uh but they agree to go out on a date after work she even hints that he could stay the night and it kind of frees garrett up a little bit to realize all right at least he's not going to be in the house tonight uh it'll be a little bit better because of that um and then the one other storyline is our sweet glenn He's trying to convince <laughs> Mateo that Christmas is a wonderful time of year. He has like a hot cocoa bar that he tries to get him into. And then at one point he spots a pregnant woman and a man in his military fatigues. And Glenn is like, look at that. That's the, sp- they have to have the spirit of the season. It must be so strong for them because that's, what's going to help him get through his next tour duty. So he go- Glenn goes over there and tries talking to them and, uh, the guy's like, well, actually, I'm not going to have another tour of duty because I accidentally smoked something and it was meth. <laughs> so we get a second meth mention here in the <laughs> Christmas a lot of episode. Meth in this show. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting that. I did not remember that. Uh, he also well, admitted he... Oh, go ahead. I was just actually going to ask Julia. So given what you've seen of this show, because I don't think they mentioned it in any episode, and given what you've learned here from between me and Matt, the tornado and meth, uh, and what you've seen of the show, Glenn's a super religious store manager. Where do you think it is set? I don't know if they mentioned it. Well, they have this right. So initially, first season, I was expecting, I, I thought maybe it was in Canada. I don't know why. But then I'm like, no, definitely not Canada. So, I mean, it's in the Midwest for sure. It's not set in Oklahoma, is it? No, it's Missouri. Missouri. Okay. I was going to say Oklahoma, Kansas, or Missouri. <laughs> somewhere in that area right that just, area mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> this conversation with this military man uh comes to a close when glenn's like well you know at least you'll be home for the birth of your baby and the guy's like hey i was gone for a year and so that's probably not my baby <laughs> And so Glenn, he's all flustered, but he's still trying uh, to get Mateo in the spirit. And he's like, I know it'll change your mind if you go see Santa with a child. And then when he gets there, he sees Jonah and Garrett. They're fighting. (laughs) Mateo, of course, is not convinced. Uh, So it all kind of wraps up here at the end where uh, everybody's kind of hanging around with each other. They're kind of drinking and the night's winding down and they're doing a little celebrating and glenn says you know i think i finally figured out the christmas lights and mateo's like oh you know no big deal who cares everybody's seen christmas lights and when he turns them on the whole store is just covered in christmas lights it looks incredible of course mateo plays it off like mm, you know they're kind of <laughs> cool you know <laughs> And then uh, Amy is all like looking around trying to find Jonah because she's had this rough moment with her ex-husband and we see him walking out with Kelly. And then the episode ends 
with Sandra finding out that her boyfriend Jerry is out of his coma. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> nobody, nobody can drive her because they're all drunk, and she drives off on one of her scooters uh, to end to end the episode. So I'll ask, you know, did this one for you, Julia, feel more Christmassy than the last one? or less or was it more confusing than the first uh this one was better on all counts to me than the first one it felt Christmassy. the problems they were experiencing were Christmassy problems um i mean atmosphere was everywhere we got to see them do something nice for glenn at the end which i liked so yeah this one i really enjoyed i really love this one too i uh and i have some quotes i do and it's been a while since we've had quotes but i love this show sorry guys uh <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is a Garrett and Jonah stuff, like their arguments. Um, so I love when Kelly comes to them and she's like, Hey guys, there's a dad here with his kid asking where the store Santa is. And Garrett's like, tell him to check the drunk tank. Apparently, Santa's Christmas cheer level was a was a point oh eight eight. <laughs> and Jonah's like, Well, maybe Santa has to drink because Mrs. Claus won't get off his back about shoes on the couch. And Garrett's like, Call me Mrs. Claus one more time. And Kelly's like, guys. They drove three hours to get here. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was the I, I forgot to bring it up, but there's the the bell ringer outside, and he has a reindeer with him. And Dina, <laughs> so I've got these quotes here. <laughs> Dina comes out and she's like, "Oh dear God, it's cold out here." And the guy's like, "You're telling me." Dina goes, well, it's uh, it's toasty inside. You're not really getting any foot traffic anyway. Uh, so you mind stepping away from the door? And the guy's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, you keep activating the automatic doors and letting the heat out. Also, the bell ringing, could you slow it down? Right now you're at a bell, two, three, four. Why don't you try a bell at two, three, four? I only ask you because it's just so annoying. And the guy's like, oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and then she ends up taking the reindeer too. The reindeer <laughs> yeah. ends up in the store. She's like, I can't do this to you. I can't do this to you, buddy. Come in. And you think she's gonna bring in the guy but she yeah. grabs the reindeer? <laughs> um so I like where the son is actually sitting on Garrett's lap and Kelly's gonna take a picture of him, Jonah, and the kid. And uh the kid's like, Should I tell you what I want? And Garrett's like yeah, that's a great place to start. Uh, were you good this year? And the kid is like, yes. And Jonah's like, and would you like Santa to bring you a real gift or a passive aggressive one? And Garrett's <laughs> like, well, did you put your water glasses back in the sink or were there a hundred of them on your nightstand? And Jonah's like, that's so funny because I seem to remember Santa saying, make yourself at home. But I guess and Garrett's like, hey, elves don't talk. And Jonah's <laughs> like, oh, right, of course, because we do. Santa bangs on the wall and tells us to shut up. And Kelly's like, Guys, say candy canes, and she gets a picture of them. <laughs> one, one other one that I really liked, and it's the moment where Amy catches uh, Marcus and another character named Corey sipping out of their little flask, and Marcus goes, "Oh, great, narc alert!" And Corey goes, "Oh, it's the fun police. Time to get written up." And Amy's like, "Why would you just assume I'm going to turn you in?" And Corey's like, I mean, it's nothing personal, but, and Marcus goes, yeah, you just always act all lame and stuff like a narc. And, and he's like, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And she goes, I don't understand why everyone thinks I'm this little boring. All right. Well, would a narc do this? So she takes a little sip 
And Corey goes, that was the tiniest sip I've ever seen. And Marcus goes, it feels like what a narc would do to prove that they're not a narc. <laughs> and Amy's <laughs> like, okay, well, how about this? And she like chugs the whole thing. And Marcus goes, well, I mean, now you're just stealing my alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked uh, to what your point earlier, Matt, you were talking about the scene, with the army husband mm-hmm. and wife. And Glenn's like, oh, you've been bitten by the Christmas bug. And then they get into this argument in front of him. And poor Glenn, <laughs> poor Glenn, he's, um, that's their argument. He has some good one-liners. He's like, when they, when they talk about the baby, he's like, well, it's still a mere Christmas miracle that you're home for the birth of your baby. And they're like, well, the birth of a baby anyway. And they're, st- <laughs> and they're, they're starting to get annoyed and poor Glenn's just standing there looking heartbroken um and then I I also like Dina has a great line where she's talking about her new year's resolutions this year and she was like well I've come up with my new year's resolutions more birds more sex more judo and I'm gonna try to pepper yes queen through conversations (laughs) more I think it's time (laughs) yeah this episode was great I loved this one Linus moment? I don't think so, really. I mean, maybe Mateo, maybe, but he doesn't really very outwardly accept like everything that Glenn did to try to prove like how special Christmas is. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe Garrett and Jonah, they change a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If there is one, it's a stretch. Yeah, and it's funny because this one does feel more Christmassy than the last one, even though the last one had a stronger Linus moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glenn's kind of a walking Linus moment, though, isn't he? Yes, he I'd is. say he is. Mm-hmm. So, what would you give this one, guys? Nine. I'm gonna go with the nine as well. This is my favorite one. You know what? Let's make it easy. Go for a nine. Let's pull on nine. Nice. And that brings us to season three, four, episode two, Baby Shower. And Julia, can you walk us through this one? Sure. Um, okay, so stuff has happened <laughs> between the last episode and this one. And we have some pregnant friends on the show. Um, number one, Amy's pregnant. And I think... By the end of the episode, I understood it is not Jonah's baby, Correct. right? So yeah. it's somebody else's baby. It's her. It's, it's Adam's. Oh, it's Adam's baby mm-hmm. that she got pregnant with before they got a divorce. They have like a drunken uh, one night type yeah. reconciliation mm-hmm. and she got pregnant. Okay. All right. Somebody does mention, however, that there were questions if it was Jonah's or not because a hookup happened around the same time. But they are not together. Well, they're like secretly dating, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, So Amy's pregnant and she has a quite smart, honestly, method to getting and stocking her baby, you know, baby stuff for the new baby. Um, and it is when items are returned, they get trashed. You can't resell baby stuff when it comes back in as a return. So she saves it from the dumpster and it is not stealing. Um, she keeps it and has been stocking up her baby gear with this method. And she's gotten everything but the car seat. 
So she starts to develop ways around securing said car seat. Um, and we see a very awkward, but not completely dumb tactic where she sees a lady checking out or just checked out with a new car seat and is walking out of the store and she asks the lady she's like oh you know did you basically did you know that you bought one of the most dangerous car seats out there you know i'm so you should you know anyway and tries to get her to return it to it funny funny moment the customer's like i'm just giving it to my neighbor i don't really care and she leaves (laughs) so she needs a car seat and so jonah suggests why don't you like open up a baby baby registry and have people buy it for you. And she's like, nothing about a baby shower appeals to me at all. And he ends up making very good sense and saying, look, you, you make a baby registry, you don't have a baby shower, and then you get 20% off everything you registry after the shower date passes. Very smart. And she's like, okay, I am totally down with this. In the meantime, and I have many questions, um, <laughs> Uh, also pregnant is Dina Mm -hmm. but is she giving her baby to Glenn and his wife yes they Mm -hmm. looked for they needed somebody to carry for them so she is a surrogacy okay so she's pregnant um but Glenn and his wife Jerusha (laughs) Jerusha Which is just a real name choice. <laughs> it does and it, read and it fits her perfectly, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So they're celebrating in, you know, the same space that would also require a baby shower. I'm getting to it. They're basically trying to take their Christmas card for the year here. Right. And they have the most awkward pictures at the beginning of the episode. With, and, and like... <laughs> Dina is like not having any of it too, right? Like not enjoying participating in these pictures as just a surrogate. So Mateo in the mean in the meantime, is he a photographer naturally? I don't I don't think it's really okay. explored. Enjoys yeah. fashion and mm-hmm. he's creative heart and all that stuff. So he is like, oh, he didn't like the pictures. So he decides to stage this whole let's capture the real Dina and get some beautiful pregnant pictures from you. And that's a whole side story with like the most elaborate, (laughs) what I'm assuming is Dina-esque glorifying pictures, right? Like they suit her. Like she's dressed up as a a Viking goddess looking, you know, one in one (laughs) Mm -hmm. moment. They pull a Beyonce, which is pretty fantastic at one point. Um, and and these are fun. this is our Christmas subplot here. This is the Christmas plot the mm-hmm. episode. The That's baby, right. they're taking pictures for the baby card for the right. Christmas and card. Some of the pictures are Christmas themed. Yes. Um, which the ones with Glenn were any of those? No, but a lot of okay. I find a lot of people sometimes will just send out Christmas cards. It's not really Christmas themed, right? Like sure. it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just trying to remember. So like the only Christmas we get, and this is a big drawback for me, is in the photo shoot pictures. At one point, he, isn't she by a nativity or a train yep. scene or something like that? That's Christmassy. Um, so that's the only Christmas in the episode. So what ends up happening, because of course, is Amy gets roped into a real baby shower uh, and 
not only a real baby shower, but a baby shower with Glenn and Jerusha. And then there's like some other random woman there that also <laughs> happens to be pregnant. So it's like this big group thing. It's no longer just a small, you know, please don't come event. It's a, the whole store, <laughs> basically everybody comes. Um, so we get funny gifts and things that like, um, who's the Hawaiian that we like so much? Sandra. Sandra. Sandra makes these gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like the nails and the ring lady gloves. Is that what she calls them? I think I so. Think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets a pair of those and other just wild stuff. And she's not enjoying her time. It's extremely awkward. Um, however, at the end of the baby shower, Glenn does bust out the boring gift. He said, I just got it off your registry. I'm sorry. It's not creative or thoughtful and it's a car seat. So it's exactly what Amy needed. Um, she's super thankful about it. Very excited. And, um, well, it's funny because he gives it to her after Amy says she doesn't want more presents because everything yeah. was disappointed, disappointment. She's just going to go home. And Glenn's like, but wait, we got you. We just got you something off your registry. <laughs> and it's a car seat. <laughs> Which was really sweet. And then at the very end, Garrett finds out. He asks Jonah, how long have you been Amy been dating? Like he mm -hmm. And he says, tell. and Jonah goes, well, how did you know? And he's like, you just look really happy. Which I thought was cute. So how long does that last? Because I don't how think long? they're dating in the next. Well, they're dating in the next episode, but not the one after that. I don't. Remember. Well, yeah, because she leaves the show at the end of season five or beginning of season six, mm -hmm. and then comes and back she at leave? the very end. Yeah. Does she leave like we're still dating, and I'm just like on? You know, like do they? Does she leave the show in that sense where she's just not visible for a while, but she's still there and? Yeah, she like she moved to what California, right? California, and to like work Jonah for corporate. Mm. Uh, and uh, Jonah, get... I think, was going to go, or and then realized like there wasn't really a fit for him there. And they well, what up. happens is he mentions marriage, and she freaks mm. out, and he's like, mm. "Well, I can't really wait around for you." Or like, "You should." I deserve somebody who's gonna be as excited for me as I am for them. So she leaves. By the very end, they get back together. She goes back for the last two episodes of the show and they okay. get back together. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's this episode. Yes. I do have some quotes because there's some really funny stuff with Dina's photo shoots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Dina, highlight of the episode for me. Dina calls out, this doesn't seem very Christmassy in the photo shoot. One of the photo shoots, Mateo's like, so the idea here is a post-apocalyptic Christmas. Like, what if the Grinch had succeeded in conquering Whoville and Cindy Lou grew up, got boobs, and was leading a resistance? Like, not exactly, but in that area. <laughs> I I also liked this one. It's during the photo shoot. Mateo's like, you're a young girl from Nazareth. From Nazareth. You're pregnant with Jesus. You're trying to make a go of it in a new city, but you're lost. Oh, you're lost in New York. Let me know if this is too much. Dina, no, it's good. I feel like I'm European. <laughs> <laughs> they Their banter back and forth was very funny. And I also liked, too, at the very end where uh, she is hanging from this wire and 
uh, Mateo's like, oh, I ran out of film or ran out of batteries or whatever it was. And he goes back out onto the floor. This is where the baby shower is happening. And Cheyenne's boyfriend, husband, Bo, who I love Bo. I love Bo too. (laughs) He's played by a comedian named Johnny Pemberton, who I find to be absolutely hysterical. Uh, Really funny stand up. But he... (laughs) He's just like this redneck, like redneck meets like um, Eminem wannabe <laughs> kind of like guy. And he's just very funny, but he hired a stripper. And so when Mateo goes out on the floor, he sees this stripper and he is just enthralled uh, with this stripper in a, in a uh, diaper dancing and grinding <laughs> on people. So he forgets about Dina hanging up there and Dina's yelling. She's like, Mateo, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom soon. All this stuff. And I love it. Sandra walks in, she sees her hanging there and she's like, um, she, she spots her, but she doesn't help her. And she walks away and Dina's like, I hate you, but I respect you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a Dwight thing to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love uh, Dina going through the photos Mateo took, and she's like, wow, these pictures make me jealous of everyone I've ever had sex with. What do you think? Could you take a couple more? I'm very comfortable with my new own nudity. <laughs> 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 and then it kind of cuts forward i guess mateo has been explaining the plot of home alone 2 to her and he's like yeah. and kevin knew they were gonna rob mr duncan's toy store so he threw a rock <laughs> through the window oh no dina's explaining to him and mateo's like i can't believe his mom forgot him again oh you know some women just shouldn't be parents there i said it uh <laughs> <laughs> And then another one of his pitches to her was, what if Miracle on 34th Street took place on the same on the first day of the L.A. riots? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good, though. And then there's a one photo of her being pulled by eight shirtless reindeer men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but at the beginning, too, with the weird, she's holding it like, their bun, my oven, or whatever, like the weird <laughs> so shoot she's doing with uh, Glenn and Darushla. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to get her to smile. And uh, Dina's like, do we have to dr- document it by dressing up as Alvin and the Chipmunks? And Jerusha's <laughs> like, it's my favorite show. And Glenn is such a Theodore. And Glenn's like, yeah, I'm not a star. I'm more supportive. And of course, Jerusha is such a Simon. Jerusha's like, yeah, but I swear everyone wears contact lenses nowadays. <laughs> All right, I, I got one last set of quotes because this one is, is very funny. It's after the initial photos are taken and Glenn is showing Garrett. And one of the photos is Dina's holding like a serving tray while Glenn is like got a big fork and Jerusha's got like a knife or a spoon or whatever. And Glenn's like, I never thought of myself as photogenic, but Dill really knows how to strengthen a collapsed chin. And and Garrett's like, so in this one, you guys are chefs waiting to eat the baby? Glenn's like, yeah, but it's just a goof. We don't really want to eat it. This one's a mystery. Who's really the pregnant one? And Garrett's like, whoa, 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 hold on. I got to go back. What did the chefs be preparing the food not eating it glenn's like well there dina maybe dina's a new chef and we're taste testing to see if we'd hire her and garrett's like 
And if you don't like the taste of the baby, and Glenn's like, I don't know, we throw it away. And then Cheyenne just chimes in and goes, what, you'd throw your half-eaten baby in the trash? <laughs> and Glenn's like, okay, I don't know. We don't really need to talk about it. <laughs> oh, man. So this one was hilarious, but it does fail because it's not really Christmas. So this episode aired in October. And the Christmas subplot was just the Christmas card stuff on the side. But unfortunately, it was only a subplot. Yep. That hurts it for sure. Mm. It does Even though it. that subplot makes the whole episode. The subplot was hilarious. And there were some Christmassy looking things in the subplot. They're in the photo, yep. the card stuff. Doesn't have a line this moment. Nope. So I am going to give this one a four. Same Feels with right. me. Yeah. I guess it's an average of a four. Which brings us to season five, episode 10, Negotiations. And I, you know what? As host, I'm going to kick this off to Matt. Sure. So this one to me is more Christmassy than the last one. It's definitely set more towards Christmas. But Julia, at this point in the show, Mateo had gotten detained by ICE earlier in the season or at the end of the last season going into this one he's now working like in the uh at like the eye doctor that's in the <laughs> store um and jonah he's representing the employees at a union contract meeting up in chicago with sandra so the store's trying to unionize uh at this point i believe amy is the store manager and glenn is now just like a regular floor person yeah, he's oh. a supervisor. He stepped down yeah. because he told Jerusha that Jerusha wanted him to be in a role with less stress. Mm -hmm. ah, yeah, okay. so so Amy's kind of like in charge of everything now. Uh, and then we also get Amy, Dina, and Cheyenne in this episode. They're looking for a Christmas tree uh, to brighten everybody's spirits because everybody's a little worried about this uh, union unionization because we know like in these big box stores, that doesn't happen. So they're kind of putting their futures on the line here and all that as well. And then we get another little subplot of Mateo, Glenn, and Garrett in a sales off to see who's the better salesman of some like discontinued clearance items uh, <laughs> that they're trying to sell. So that storyline is funny. I love it. They all pick an item for each other to sell. Uh, Glenn picks a microwavable sweater for <laughs> Mateo, which honestly... That's not the worst idea. I I can see how that would actually kind of be a nice warming sensation, but they also make heated blankets, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> Garrett picks what is either a pig-shaped shoe or a shoe-shaped pig for Glenn. <laughs> and I love this one. Mateo chooses a Tony Danza popcorn machine, and Garrett's like, okay people like popcorn and then he reads <laughs> off that it says it only pops tony danza branded popcorn cartridges and the cartridges are not included with the popcorn machine so the three of them are set out to try and sell uh to somebody in the store and i loved at one point glenn's trying to sell his uh pig-shaped shoe uh shoe-shaped pig and he's telling a woman about it and she's like look i get it i'm in sales and then she starts a sales pitch for a timeshare and glenn is 100 in on this idea of getting a timeshare he's like wow it really is affordable uh, <laughs> so that, that's their little funny storyline 
But when we get like Jonah and Sandra, they go to the union meeting, they have like a, a strong negotiator on their side, somebody who has experience doing this. She seems pretty confident in her ability. But um, while they're there, everybody's asking Amy, like, you haven't got an update from Joni yet? Have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet? And so she's getting more like stressed, stressed out about everybody asking questions constantly. And so at an earlier portion of the episode, we saw Cheyenne bring out this very, very ratty Christmas tree. And so her and Dina are trying to find an alternative, uh, which is also funny. The store didn't have like trees to right. sell. Uh, but they did make a tree out of Swiffers, which I liked with <laughs> on top of like paper towel rolls, which was cool. But Amy to get out of the store is like, let's go find a Christmas. I'm going to go find a Christmas tree. And Dina's, <laughs> Dina's like, all right, everybody get in my truck. And she's like, I wanted to go by myself. But of course, the three of them get roped into that. But once they get into Dina's truck, they noticed a bunch of giant trees right next to the store. And Dina decides, let's just cut one of those down. So that's the scene we get with them. They're actually at first very reluctant. Amy's very reluctant. But she, she has she, a great quote here. If I could jump in, she says, sure. we cannot just top down a tree. We're not the paper towel guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheyenne's like, come on, Amy, it's Christmas. Plus, this will be the first legal thing I've ever done in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they eventually they knock down the tree. They take out some stress. Uh, on this tree and when they get down to it one last hack dina she's she's very sweet and she's like amy you deserve this so she lets amy chop it down they knock it down big giant i mean this is a giant tree um and we later see amy is trying to drive it into the store with a forklift <laughs> and it's cut in with the scene of the this master negotiator who's helping Jonah and Sandra cuts herself while trying to cut open a bagel. Um, a lot of blood. I was not expecting that much blood to actually be seen. Uh, and she has to go to the hospital. Uh, they're like, Jonah calls Amy and tells her, and he's like, Look, uh, if we postpone the meeting, it's not going to happen again for several months. And Amy's just like, You know what? You and Sandra can just do this. I feel confident you guys should try it. Go ahead and do it. And when, after she gets off the phone, Amy drops the giant tree on uh, a transformer box outside, knocks the store completely out of power. And what I loved here is the employees think it's a negotiating tactic. They're like, they're trying to conspire against us. They're cutting the power. They're not going to wait us out, all this stuff. And uh, Amy then tells everybody, look, there was a, the negotiator had an incident and left. It's just Jonah and Sandra that are going to figure this out. Nobody believes they're going to be able to uh, get the deal that they want. But Jonah, he kind of lays down the law. The company goes and has a little sidebar. They come back. They tell them, you know what? We accept it. And everybody's surprised. Jonah's surprised. He can't believe it. He calls Amy, uh, <laughs> tells her about it. Um Everybody at the store is celebrating. They're bringing the tree in. Everybody's so excited. They, they're getting this deal. Uh, they're getting all these benefits, all these things that they fought for. And Amy gets a phone call. She goes into her office. She says, oh, I'm going to play it off. You know, it's one of the big wigs. I'm going to play it off. Like, oh, I can't believe they got this deal because, you know, she's corporate. So she shouldn't want uh, them unionizing. But we find out the store actually got bought out. 
the agreement didn't matter because the new company's not going to accept it anyways. Amy's dejected. She wants to tell Jonah, but he's super excited, super happy. Everybody's celebrating, and she just decides not to tell him, and that's where the episode ends. Bittersweet. It is. And, Very bittersweet. And the thing about this episode like I said, it's definitely more Christmassy than the last, but it's also not super Christmassy. Like it definitely has its moments, um, mm-hmm. but it kind of just what everything tonight we've talked about that it's retail. So you can't like be so overtly Christmas. You know, there's only so many mm-hmm. directions you could take an episode about working at a store and it being mm-hmm. about Christmas. So the tree stuff was fun. Uh the big like celebration at the end was fun, but uh, I mean, to me, there wasn't uh, a Linus moment. I'm assuming you guys didn't feel a Linus moment in there either. There was none. Nope. Nope. Now, what about uh, quotes? I know, Anthony, you've been very quote heavy. I said the one quote I had for this one. I've been trying to stick to like Christmas quotes for the most part. That was really the only one I had. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, this one's just kind of okay. There is a Sandra one that I liked where she says, I look at these chumps and I see breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> but but other than that, yeah, it's Christmas really takes a back seat in this one. It definitely feels a little more Christmassy, but uh, the storyline isn't like super front and center or anything. Yeah. The physical comedy with Sandra in the chair, I thought was very <laughs> <Yeah>. funny, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm gonna give this the same thing I gave Baby Shower and go with a four. It was more Christmassy, but I found Baby Shower funnier, so it kind of evens both of those two out for me. Yeah, this gets a three from me. I I kind of agree with your logic there, Anthony. I give it a four. Yeah, this is a three point six seven and brings us to our last holiday episode, season six, episode eleven, Deep Cleaning, which takes place in the midst of the final season here. Julia. You're going to make me do this one? I am. Prerogative okay. of hosting. <laughs> we, can, yes. we, 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 can, we can help you when you... We'll have to group speak it for sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, season six, episode 11, air date for this one because it's worth calling out. March 4th, 2021. I am not sure how this was our Christmas one. Well, because... Right? Oh, holiday. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so this is a COVID era episode, which means we do see, number one, the topic of it, of it is deep cleaning, which lends itself very well to that. Um, we get some interactions with customers while masked. It, we have uh, customers shopping during the deep clean in a curbside pickup, which didn't exist before COVID really. So it, it really is. It was a throwback, throwback to what it felt like those early days of COVID. Um, okay, so and what we might be experiencing again this winter because rumors of mask mandates and stuff coming back and COVID getting bad again won't happen in Oklahoma. I could tell you that. Well, I hope smart <laughs> people like you and Tom in Oklahoma will at least do it to protect. Yeah, yourselves. it just won't be by mandate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the store is closed to customers for I think just a day so they can deep clean. And there are many comments made like one deep clean every six months. 
seems about right. <laughs> um, so everybody's there. They're in some of them are in hazmat suits, which is funny. Um, but everybody's goal is let's take the time without people in the store to clean it. Um, we've got Jonah dating somebody exterior from the store's employee population. Correct. Carol's Carol's lawyer. Carol's lawyer. And Carol is suing the store because she got electrocuted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We have kind of tied up with Jonah dating is a smaller subplot where somebody Jonah had dated previously. Um, their sibling is dating Mateo. That's so, Amy's brother. Oh, it's Amy's brother. Oh, that's yeah. Amy's parents? Those are Amy's parents, yes. Oh, okay, it all makes sense now. I was like, oh, it's just some <laughs> random person he dated. No, it's literally Amy's parents. Okay. <laughs> it's all falling into place now. Um, so we have uh, a, that subplot with Amy's parents, which connects Jonah and Mateo. And that one is um, Jonah and Mateo are running the curbside pickup line for people that have placed orders during this day of deep cleaning and Mateo is trying to make a really good impression on his boyfriend's parents and so like move some people out of line to give him priority and one of the people he thinks is not the parents and he tries to push along he ends up being very abrupt with and then realizes <laughs> oh shoot, it's the boyfriend's parents. So he's trying to do mea culpa the whole episode, right? So he's like really buttering him up and trying to be like super sweet and precious, right? So he makes <laughs> a really good first impression. So we have, does he seek Jonah's help out to get in good with the parents or is Jonah just there? He seeks it out, right? Kind of. Uh, I think he wants Jonah as like his own little buffer to kind of make him look a little better too, I think, because right. like with it obviously being like the ex-boyfriend of his boyfriend's parents, there's always going to be a negative connotation. Plus they're like, oh, you broke up with her. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't want to break up and all that right. stuff too. So I, I think he kind of wanted to make himself look a little better. Plus, Jonah gets wind that uh, Mateo's boyfriend is seeking out Mateo's handed marriage. So the parents have ulterior motives as well, right? The parents are there to be like, oh my gosh, like the question will, shall be popped soon. And, you know, mm -hmm. let's pave the way, which makes Mateo very nervous. Um, a mixture of, man, it's moving fast. And is that what I really want to happen is the sense that I get. Mm -hmm. um, so we have that that side plot right where we we see amy's parents for a good part of the episode um the bigger side plot is where glenn is trying to put on an enjoyable christmas experience right because so many people um it's not christmas time but people missed out on christmas is that it because it's yeah, not Christmas like, time in the episode. Because it's COVID and essentially we they missed out so many big holiday experiences and just experiences in general. He right. wants to do something nice for the employees. So he wants to put together this holiday bash for them. Right. Which as time goes on, it turns into an holiday 
bash where they are embracing multiple different holidays. Um, and it reminded me a lot of the Thanksgiving episode of Friends, where Monica tries to cook everybody's favorite mm. food to make their Thanksgiving experience perfect for them. Um, so Glenn is effectively trying to do that as well. And he has recruited, um, sorry, names, Garrett to assist in this Garrett's decorating for Christmas. And he's like, why don't we do all this other stuff? And he's like, but I really don't want to, <laughs> but he ends up helping as well. I'll, even though the whole time he's helping with holiday, he's very grumbly about it, which he's kind of a grumbly character by nature anyway. Right. Uh-huh. So yes. that's just his nature. Um, while Glenn is like full tilt, loves his employees, wants to make everybody's experience awesome for holiday. So as the planning for holiday is going on, everything's going wrong. <laughs> they either aren't able to access the stuff that they need to very well. So it's hobnob together. Or the big bummer is this, this group of raccoons that I guess is just in the show multiple times, potentially <laughs> eat the feast. And it, it devastates Glenn. Like it totally devastates him. And he's really upset about it. And he's even tries to reason with the raccoons, which I thought was really cute and precious. But <laughs> um, so he's so bummed. So what we get, and I would argue if there's a Linus moment, this is it. At the end of the episode, Garrett really rallies the troops. Everybody's showing up for holiday. They don't know it's been ruined yet. And as they're showing up and they're all critical, like, but wait, where's everything? Garrett's like, look, you may not be happy and you might not like it, but you are going to act like you like it for Glenn, because this is very important to him. Um, And so everybody ends up pretending like they like the holiday experience, much to Glenn's delight. And the resolution with, Mateo, um, boyfriend, boyfriend's family, and that whole like triangle of thing is Mateo's boyfriend. I don't even know his name. Eric. <laughs> Eric. Eric shows up at the store and is like, so <laughs> you've been with my parents today. And it was one of those whole, did this happen? I heard this happened. And that kind of exchange between them. And Mateo sort of just admits that you know, it scares him thinking about those big moments in the future. And Eric is like, it's super scary, but we'll get there bit by bit. And they, it's super sweet. It's really, really sweet between the two of them. And you have a sense that there are good things for them. So this is where I ask you, do they stay together? They do stay together. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Um, And I think that's the episode, right? Yeah. And at the very end, we get a nice little Christmas moment. Very innocent Glenn. He's like, oh, my God, it's snowing. And he looks out. He looks outside and he opens up the big door and everybody's like, wow, this is great. And it's the most wonderful time of the year is playing. And Dina's like, what are you doing? It's freezing out there. Shut that door. And, and that ends it. But I, you got to love that like childhood wonder from Glenn. Even in that moment, it's he he got he got what he wanted for everybody and he got the snow on top i love so garrett the character has a nice little kind of like progression and i think it really shows in this episode like garrett would not have cared in season two that glenn's feelings were hurt 
about like everything going on with this party. So I liked that he's the one that's like, guys, I don't care that you're upset and that you're bummed. You're going to enjoy this because Glenn put in a lot of work for it. So I like seeing that progression from Garrett because, I mean, he really would not have been that character early on in the series. No, and I like because we'll never cover on the show. Garrett has the final line of the series, his final announcement when the story closes down. He gets the uh, makes a really heartfelt, sweet announcement, and I mm-hmm. like. That. So does yeah. the store close for good? Yeah, they all get closed mm-hmm. down. Oh, Amazon. And it's cute. Well, look cute. Like they're all uh, they're closing down, and everyone wants to keep in touch. And Garrett's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not gonna write down my email, phone number. You know, no one's ever gonna keep in touch. It's just the thing people say. And then the really sweet final announcement, which plays over like all of them getting together for a barbecue in the future together, like happy and still staying in touch. And it's very nice. Mm-hmm. And it was very resonant. Like I guess, especially this aired during the COVID time, and that's all you wanted to do was get together with your friends or coworkers or family and have something like that. So yeah, oh, I love that. Okay, yeah. Uh, but for this episode, was it a Christmas episode? No, but no. I appreciated that Glenn tried to do something like that. Because people missed down their experiences. And mm-hmm. so it was bittersweet. Like, again, I appreciate what the show did with the whole COVID season. Like, they were really leading into experiences people were feeling at the time. Does it have a Linus moment? Yes. Yeah, I'd say Garrett kind of yep. telling everybody. Yeah. I agree. I do have two quotes. One, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Julia. But when everyone's complaining about deep cleaning, Garrett has a sarcastic, yeah, one deep cleaning a year during a pandemic, pandemic does sound a little excessive. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually like Cheyenne's reply to that. She's like, wow, has it been a year already? Also, how has it only been a year? Which I think we mm-hmm. all felt Feel during that. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but then I like, it's just a throwaway. Carol's talking to her lawyer, Hannah. And Carol's like, did you get my text about which employees here I think are circumcised? And Hannah says, I did. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't feel that helps. And Carol's like, hey, I'm not the lawyer. You are. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one I liked is Glenn was getting upset about, uh, you know, everybody wanting all these different things for this party and all this stuff. And Garrett's like, just get over it. There's nothing you can do to make people happy. That's just the way it is. The pandemic happened and everybody had a year. You don't think I know that, but I got to try to give them something. I mean, people have been working nonstop for so long and risking their health, you know, and then we didn't even get Christmas. You know, we had to stay at home eating bologna sandwiches and watching church on Facebook live. People (laughs) have missed out on so much. I just want to give them like one little ray of sunshine, but I guess not, not in this piece of crap year. And I think that res- that resonates. I mean, we all kind of felt that, that we were robbed of a lot of this stuff too. So like, that's about as angry as Glenn will ever get. And to see him like that, like he just wanted everybody to have what they missed. And like, that's what just makes him so lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me sad we never got a Christmas episode where he plays Santa because he mm-hmm. just seems made for it. Oh, he would have been perfect. Yep. So rankings for this last episode. 
I'm going to go with my standard four, Dan Field Christmas Eve. I liked it, and that kind of makes up for it. So my last three, I know I gave a four, each a four, but I love this yeah. show, and I don't feel uh, like I can give it lower than that. That's as low as I can go with it mm. not being Christmassy. I, I actually thought this episode for not being Christmassy at, at all, it's not the time of year, it still kind of invokes some of those feelings. So I'm going to give it a five because I can't really in good conscience give it any higher than that. But I really don't want to give it any lower because I do think it's that good of an episode. I think I'll come in at a four with Anthony. The so 4.3. So that puts season three, episode seven, Christmas Eve on top with a nine. Season two, episode nine, seasonal help in second place at the 6.167. Season six, episode 11, Deep Cleaning in third place with a 4.3. Season four, episode two, Baby Shower with a four. And then season five, episode 10, Negotiations at 3.67. It saddens me they're so low, but (laughs) listeners, I would give this show a chance. Uh, It it is funny. It's only low because of the lack of Christmas in some of these. I would just say watch in the beginning because like Julia said, it probably is hard to just jump in and uh pick and choose your episodes but it's a great show i kind of want to rewatch it after watching these episodes yep yeah i'm curious because i have no idea what our usual crew in the facebook group or anyone thinks of this show so uh where can they let us know that uh they can go to linktree slash his podcast to easily find quick links to all of our social medias um most active place is going to be the facebook group for sure um, you can interact with Matt there. Um, Santa Matt is there. <laughs> like a lot of different people are there that we've brought up on tonight's episode. Um, really, really good people, a lot better than us and really good conversations. And those conversations definitely amp up as we get closer to Christmas. Really, once we hit October, people get super excited about Christmas. And so it's a great resource for brightening your Christmas season. Uh, if you want to further I- brighten... Go ahead. I would just say, I would say it's starting to ramp up now because people want that dose of the burr months and we're nearly there. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people do get excited for Halloween and Thanksgiving as well. So we're kind of in that busy time of the year. And if they're super excited about Halloween, where can they find surprise Halloween content from Tis the Podcast? Patreon, which you can also get to via Linktree. Um, It has been kind of a slow year for Patreon. Uh, just life, you know, but I've been backing up content for a Halloween. Julie and I have done three episodes, uh, our own version of the Ruined podcast, where I walk her through the plot of a horror movie and she tries to guess the twists and turns as we mm-hmm. go along. We have done the two Terrifier movies and the original Exorcist, and we're going to do the Exorcist Believer for October as well when it comes out. Um, I have recorded uh top 10 horror movie moments with horror movie buffs like jay skipworth and ron hogan and of a film strip podcast and matt spaulding and jerry d and kendall are on the episode tomorrow i'm recording with jay and hogan and that whole jay and hogan jay and ron <laughs> and, and, uh, hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh their co-host Lindsay and kendall and matt spaulding and we are doing a horror movie bracket i put up horror movies against one another so like screaming i know what you did last summer and halloween and black christmas and nightmare and elm street on friday the 13th and 
by narrowing them down live, arguing to determine the best horror movie. So that'll be really fun. Um, so lots of Halloween content coming. There will be Thanksgiving content. Once Tom gets back from Amsterdam, I'm going to pin down dates for me, Julia and Tom, to start recording our bonus Thanksgiving and bonus Christmas stuff so we're not scrambling. Um, but Patreon is going to be flourishing these last few months of the year. So now is the time to subscribe if you haven't. Plus, your annual sticker will be designed, probably. Or patch or something. Tom's working on something. That's his domain. <laughs> Matt, though, if people want to hear more of you or they can find you, because I have no doubt people will want to hear more of you after tonight's episode. Well, thanks. Yeah, you can check me out. I'm on TGI Podcasts. We cover primarily your Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas episodes of your classic TGIF shows. I mean, we go all, all over the board. I feel like Jerry, where it's, I say I'm a certain type of podcast, but I swerve all these other directions and stuff. So uh, yeah, October's coming up where we got Halloween stacked up. We're doing step-by-step, Step, The Simpsons, wow. uh, what else? Family Matters, that 70s show. Uh, so we got a lot of fun stuff coming. Uh, those months get very full. So I'm very excited for that. Um, been doing it, I think, four years now. I think I started in 2020. So this will be season four already, which is crazy to believe how fast time goes sometimes. But uh, yeah, you can just find me anywhere you get podcasts. We've got or on Facebook, TGI Podcast, or on Instagram. You can find me there as well. And, you know, occasionally showing up here on the podcast, sometimes multiple weeks in a row. Oh, which leads us to next week. Matt will be back to discuss the King of Queen Christmas episodes. So we are covering the first four next week, then a week break, and covering the remainder the week after. So you'll hear Matt Yurik two more times before all is said and done <laughs> with TV Month, which is awesome. Couldn't ask for a better guest host. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you. I, I do feel like my King of Queens expertise is way higher than it should be. Like, <laughs> Way higher. I, I will save my history for next week, but it is uh, I, I'm almost embarrassed at how much I've watched that show. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, I love that show. I haven't seen it in so long though, so I'm excited to revisit those episodes. So yeah, King of Queens next week, How I Met Your Mother the week after, the rest of that, which I know Julia's excited for. And actually, Matt, you were a fan of that show, so we did mm -hmm. want to give you a chance to respond to all the criticism we lumped on it because we know we do have a lot there are a lot of fans of that show sure. and I we mean, want to offer a different take here i will say i it honestly could have been matt month i mean i could have how i met your mother is right <laughs> up there is one of my other all-time favorite shows it definitely lost uh a lot in hindsight it does it's really not socially acceptable in a lot of ways especially barney um, I, I feel like for myself, I connected with Ted, um, and I know Ted's kind of an insufferable character, but I connected <laughs> with him when a lot of my friends were getting married and I wasn't married and like, I was seeing everybody else go through these things that I wanted. So I, I connected with Ted a lot. Even my, so one of my best friends officiated my wedding and he even made a slight Ted Mosby reference in, uh, the ceremony about me. 
And uh, so it, it always kind of has like a special place for me, but I totally understand why people don't like it, why it doesn't hold up, why people didn't like the finale. I mean, I tried convincing myself I liked the finale for years and I can finally admit it sucked. It, it, it They took away so many good graces that they earned with the way that show, the way they developed the mother in a very short period of time. So I was... I, um, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say about that. I agree with you. I think they did never expect it to, one, have the mother in a whole season, and two, find somebody as so charismatic and likable mm-hmm. as Christine Maloney. So the yeah. minute they cast her, they doomed themselves heading for that finale. They really did. And they, with such limited, I loved the way they brought her into it, where like a season ended, you got to see her. And then you had to wait until a whole season for her to be integrated. And, but it was seeing Ted and hers relationship down the line, like after he met her. So they lived up to, this is how I met your mother. And they did that so perfectly, but then it was like, Oh, but mom died. And I love Robin. Like, (laughs) come on guys. Like you, you built up something so good in a short period of time. You should have just leaned into like, and this is how great it is. And your mom's awesome. And I'm so lucky to have her. And I just wanted you guys to know how I got to this point. But they're like, mm, nah, this is what we wrote 10 years ago when we conceived this show. So we're going to stick with it. And that really bummed me out. Yeah. And I I kind of, I don't want to defend them. I do kind of get it because mm-hmm. they shot it. The, they shot the kids stuff very early on, obviously, because it didn't age. So mm-hmm. like they had to their reaction to come on dad you were clearly in love with him robin the whole time so i don't know how they could have done it they could have just left it out i guess but yeah yeah there is there is an official alternate ending out there if you look it up on youtube they had it on their like one of the dvd extras and stuff and it's it it works it works they don't they just don't have the kids in it and it's fine but yeah, it, it really tarnished the legacy of a show that I, I think it would be thought in a much different light had they not fumbled the ending the way they did. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I'll say this. By the time season nine came, I was ready for it to end. But I did appreciate the creativity of setting that whole season over the course of one weekend. I thought that was cool. But wow. yeah, it was Barney and Robin's wedding re- weekend. So like every episode took place one hour mm-hmm. or a half an hour or one hour or whatever. But yeah. Okay. So there's a different perspective for you. So um, will Julia like the remaining How I Met Your Mother Christmas episodes anymore? Will Tom and Anthony feel more nostalgia for them than they did the first few? Stay tuned mm-hmm. to find out. But after King of Queens and How I Met Your Mother and King of Queens again, we are officially in Halloween mode. We will be covering 2006 remake of Black Christmas with Ron and Jay. Uh, We are covering Halloween Town High, Scream 3, Casper with Natalie Bickle, who has never seen it before. So that should be interesting. Then Ron and Jay are coming back to cover Freddy vs. Jason. And then evil will die tonight with Halloween kills. So <laughs> stack Halloween month. And then our schedule for November and December is in flux because we're really waiting for studios and streaming services to announce their release dates and stuff. So we can date some of these movies we know are coming. So pretty exciting. 
It is. We are in the downward slope of the year. We're in the best part of the year. This is the last August episode, which means uh, next week we're in the burnt months. And it means there are only 2,856 hours until Christmas. That's 119 days. You really want to be like Tom and guess the weeks, Matt? Ooh, let's see. Hmm. That's 18 weeks until Christmas. Oh, close. Close. 17? Yes! Look at that. Look at that. And you weren't even prepared to guess on Tom, and you got it in two. I I Um, honor Tom that way. (laughs) (laughs) But, Matt, it was so great having you on. I can't wait to have you back twice more in the coming weeks. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) It is definitely going to be a lot of fun. And Julia, it is always a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure. And Tom, we miss you, kind of. (laughs) We do. And we hope you're having fun in Amsterdam, but not too much fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) do your homework, y'all. Bye. Bye. Toe as we drink.